comes the, here comes the, y'all don't really worry like Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Moneyline Madness podcast. My name is Matt Cherico. I'm here with my boys, Corey Mosley of Mode the Sports Network, and of course, Yo. Andy B. Boys, how are we feeling today? I'm feeling great. How are you feeling, brother? I'm feeling good. It's a little Friday morning. I, I see Andy over there smiles with the fucking Mets shirt on after a big win last night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Couldn't couldn't be happier than last night. I mean, yeah, y'all were fucking tacking on the runs. I mean, I can't blame you. The Yankees were out there as well doing their thing. A little 6-5 win over Boston last night for those who do not know. Um, but the story was really the Mets putting up a 10 spot on the Marlins much needed truthfully offense coming alive so I know you guys were probably really happy to see that oh yeah it was good to see James McCann actually do something for once so that was that yeah was yeah no we literally Two talked about it yesterday yeah. Yeah, exactly dude they're like the guys that are uh the, kind of the unsung heroes are coming along for the Mets and that's really what makes good teams good and we talked about it yesterday James McCann needs to do something because we saw Wilson Contreras could potentially be up at the deadline for trade. So very or Alvarez thing. coming up from Triple A. Yeah. Yes, that, that that's very intriguing too. So McCann right is in system. the hot seat. McCann Absolutely. is in the hot seat. So he has to perform, or else he's toast. Yeah. In between him, JD has to perform and step up too. I mean, they're looking at a lot of guys because I know Steve Cohen's looking at that team and he's just ready to spend regardless. It doesn't matter. It's a business to him at the end well, of the day. Yeah, the 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 good thing is if those guys start hitting, sorry, if those guys start hitting, then they can just trade for relievers, which is because they need relievers. They need a lot of relievers on that team. So the Mets, the Mets are looking decent though. Um, what's crazy is that they sent down Medina. Uh, yeah, yesterday. And yeah, he needed the rest because he pitched three and a third. It's the one was, bad he was thing. Killing though, he was I know. Killing though, he it's was, the worst he, part of baseball. Dealing, bro. And, like, Dom Smith is on the hot seat as well as far as yes. the trade deadline goes. But he's been hitting over 300 since he's came back yeah. from AAA. So, I mean, all the guys. Yeah. All the guys that are on the hot seat are performing. So, it's like. Yeah, it puts you in the top they, spot. Are they performing because it's a trade deadline or yeah. are they actually coming alive here? So, we'll we'll see. But I still think that Mets will be active at the trade deadline. A guy like Steve Cohen is always going to be active when it's time to be active. So yeah, yeah. that's a fact. And today we're going to be talking contenders versus pretenders in the MLB. Yesterday we gave you guys our all-star picks. And today we're coming back and basically talking about who we think thus far, almost at the halfway point, is a legitimate option for the World Series. Because quite frankly, there's a few teams in the American League that have solid records, but to us, they're just not pushing the needle. So um, we're going to hop right into it. Without further ado, we may as well hop into the American League and uh, start off with the AL East because this is going to be the talk of the town for the American League. And we all know, obviously, the Yankees are contending. If there's anybody in the American League that is going to be contending, it's the Yanks. That's, you know, nothing new. But the real story comes after that because we have Tampa Bay, Boston, and Toronto all sharing 45 wins. So if you guys could see anybody coming out of that pack, because that's going to be one of the wild card teams, who can it be? And what do they have to do to push themselves into contention? Well, all three of them are going to be the, <clears throat> be the wild card teams, to be yeah. clear. So. Yep. 
I mean, I, I guess you could say that because, I, I mean, but then again, you look at the Twins. They're a solid franchise right now between their acquisitions of Gary Sanchez. They got Gio. Now he's starting to get going. And obviously Carlos Correa over there. They're on their way up with a, a 47 and 38 record. And I don't know. They, they're somewhat intimidating if I'm a middle kind of of the boat team like the, the Razor Sox. Well, I like. Yeah, I don't know. You well, know. With the Twins, they also got Eddie Rosario back, too, as well. They just got him back. So I can see the Twins getting better. But as far as, like, the AL in general, for me, there's only two real contenders in my mind at this very moment going into the All-Star break, and that is the Yankees, obviously, and the Astros. The Astros have had the Yankees' numbers so far this this year, but I do think whenever it's time to meet up, it's going to go seven. And uh, I feel like the rest of the teams in the AL, like obviously the AL East is a very decent uh, division right now. Um, the Blue Jays, I feel like, are just probably just too young still. Um, they have a lot of great young talent, Vlad Jr., Bichetti, you know, the whole nine. But I still don't think they're ready yet. I think Boston has the best chance to make some noise in the playoffs, if anything, out of the whole AL East, because they started off so slow, and now they are seven Not games Boston. over five hundred. Yeah, you know? no, they've been uh, so. they've been coming up. I like the fact that they're three and seven in their last ten. But aside from they had a crazy <laughs> June that propelled them because Toronto was ahead of them for a good while. They had a three game lead on Boston for a majority of this first half. So for Boston to come out now and have the June that they did and put themselves in this position. I saw a TikTok yesterday of a guy claiming that he thought Boston could make up the 13 games on the Yankees and he could see them winning that division. No. And no. I thought he was smoking no. something, but he was very behind. Oh, yeah, you're one to Boston talk. Red yeah, you're Sox one thing. to talk after yesterday. Hey, yeah. listen, man. The, nobody nobody disagreed. All I'm saying is that he got some likes mm. and no slander on this side. What was the hot take? The hot take was that I don't think Mike Trout should be a shoo-in for the All-Star every year. I didn't have him on my ballot yesterday, and I had George Springer over yeah, him. Yeah, that's the problem I had with it. He had George Springer, who is hitting 240. Like, well, is, it's, is the MLB All-Star fan voted? It yeah. is, but the difference is that they own, they give you the options of the players. You don't get to just choose anybody you want. So, like, there it was... Mm down to first base it was between um it was or first base for the national league was paul goldschmidt pete alonzo and you can only mm-hmm. choose between those two guys so mm. up there was george springer Giancarlo stanton mike trout and aaron judge and one of them had to get left out well no aaron judge is in it was loudest Gorio, and none of us were oh, gonna take loudest, yeah i took well, two of them had to get left out so yeah we loudest, both had, obviously yeah we both had stanton but he went with George Springer over Trout, and I I yelled at him for it. I didn't understand that. But the I unfortunate, mean, you, sh- you should have been, be honestly, Mike Trout because right now, so. yeah, that's wild. I'm sorry, Matt, because Mike Trout is a shoe in for All Star until proven otherwise. In my opinion, my my claim was that I'm just I'm tired of the mediocrity of the Angels, and I know that baseball Same. is a team game, but it's so hard to watch him just sit back and let this happen. Because I told Andy, I feel like. Being that he's such a polarizing type of athlete, like he's the LeBron of baseball. He's the best guy, and he's been for eight years now. And I need him to somewhat be the lead GM and 
do something mm. here because sitting back and letting the Angels do what they've been doing just isn't working. And so I feel like a guy, I don't think it ultimately should decide his all-star fate, but I need him to take a little more responsibility and grab the team by the reins and really make something happen because they they suck, bro. They're so, so bad. You know a good comparison to Mike Trout, even though this guy is not the best in his respective sport, I think Bradley Beal and Mike Trout have some very similar things going about them when it comes to their career. They're two very good players, but they don't care if they win or they lose. They just want that check. I mean, what? How much did Mike Trout sign for with the Angels a couple years ago? Over four hundred million. Four hundred twenty. I think it was four twenty. Nice. Very nice. (laughs) But um, (laughs) yeah, like until proven otherwise, Mike Trout really doesn't care about win loss when it comes to professional his professional baseball career, obviously, or he would have demanded a trade by now. He's what a ten year veteran, I wanna say. He would have he would have demanded something by now. He would have said something or he would have signed somewhere else by now, like it's gross. Something would have happened. It's frustrating watching him as the best player on the team. I said to Andy last week, the Angels, Mike Trout went three for three one night with a two-run home run. Shohei uh-huh. Otani went two for three with a double and a home run. And they yeah. lost uh, four to two. And they the only runs that they had were their runs. So, And it's crazy because like we felt like in the offseason that the Angels were actually making something happen, grabbing Syndergaard. Finally. Trying got, to do something. They had relief pitching, too. They got looped from the Mets. He's turned into a shell. I mean, they, they tried. They just didn't do good enough they, i mean they they tried to they try to take all the mets leftovers and that's what happened they're the mets leftovers for a reason and i was more upset get. about loop i was more upset about loop i was upset first. about loop too i really wanted him back I, hey, they paid yeah. they paid him nine and a half million a year like you don't do that with relievers and so they're not a smart team you're right about that but like mm. i'm not blaming a center fielder for the team being that bad he does everything he can I do agree he should be somewhere else by now. We've talked about that, too. I think he should be in Philly by now. But Yeah, no, nah, it's, it's interesting. But the the Angels are sitting, they're 38-46 yeah, right now. They're way out of the West at this point. Nobody's catching up to the Astros. The one interesting thing about that division is the Seattle Mariners because last season they were somewhat of a Cinderella team. We saw uh, your guy's boy, Jared Kalanick. He was um, crying his eyes out when they didn't make the playoffs. You know, typical former Met move just to be, you know, emotional on the field, I guess. But former, yeah. they're sitting at uh, they're sitting at <laughs> 500 right now. Eight and two in the last 10, though, trying to make something happen. These young guys are they're doing the best they can, truthfully, just to keep up with the Astros. Can we see any situation where Seattle propels themselves into some type of wild card situation? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have the pitching for it, for sure. They have much better pitching than Toronto, so they could. But I wouldn't expect it, but they definitely could. There's three wild card slots, right? Yeah. Yep. So they're basically three behind the the three AL East guys, pretty the much. Th- yeah, the three I can see them. one of the AL East teams dropping if the Mariners can stay at the pace that they're at, at least not not an eight and two pace, you know, but like a winning pace. I could see. One of these three teams just dropping out in the AL East eventually, and the Mariners taking that wild card. So, yeah, it's very possible. So, between if you had to pick one of them, Seattle, Minnesota, or Toronto and Boston, 
which one of those teams is going to fall out because there's only room for so many of them. Why wouldn't it be the Rays? I was giving the Rays the benefit of the doubt that the, I think the Rays are just too good of a team to to fall that low. Um, right. I don't think they're going to fall below Toronto, but I don't know. I don't I know. Like, it's probably going to be. I don't know. It's because the a, I think it will be one of the AL East teams, in my opinion, because they all got to play each other. So it has yeah. to be one of those three teams because they're going to be playing each other constantly in the second half of the season. So somebody's going to have to lose. So yeah. who, who has the best records against each other in the AL East? And whoever has that worst record right now, who's doing the worst in the division, I would say would be the loser. Looking you know? like Toronto yeah. right now. Toronto yeah. hasn't been able to find that. And the Rays, the one thing that the Rays do well is win their division games. Last season, they were 21-2 mm. and two against the Orioles. I mean, that's exactly what you need to propel yourself to the top of that division and to stay there. Because when you're beating up on the bad teams, it makes life a lot easier for you. So I could see it being Toronto. I could see it being Boston, maybe. But right now, it's looking like Toronto with their home runner yeah. bust mindset and their lack yep. of pitching right now just is kind of hurting them a, a yeah. lot. I agree. Yeah, I think what else? What I'll uh, say is Minnesota in this whole situation. I've seen this story before. That team shrivels at the the thought of a pinstripe. They can't do it. So they're they're not a team that that I think is contending in the AL. They're they're gonna get there. They'll be to the ALDS. Obviously, they're gonna win that division, but they're they're not doing it. They're not making. They're gonna get smoked in the ALDS yeah. by whoever plays them. I feel like as well. I agree That's with you, Andy. Probably gonna be Houston and Minnesota in that game. That those games will be ugly. So, yeah, Definitely. Houston. And who's to say? I mean, look, bro. Houston is tough. Oh, like, like if they, we want to talk about a real contender here, a real true contender that I'm scared of as a Mets fan, that I'm truly one team that I'm truly scared of as a Mets fan. Yeah, is the Houston Astros. Houston in June spanked up on the Yankees and the Mets. Both. No hit the Yankees. No hit them huh? through 18 innings. Yeah. Spanked Almost. them, boy. Spanked the Mets too. 4-0. The only team that went 4-0 against us so far this year is the Houston Astros. We haven't beat the Astros. The Yankees didn't beat the Astros in their series. Look, Houston is yeah. is something to fuck with. I'm sorry. Like Houston is actually a really good team and they're only what? 5 games out from the Yankees and the Yankees are having a record like game right now. 4 and yeah. a half five out from half. the Yankees? Yeah. Yeah. Look, bro. They, if they get they could be in the Wilson Contreras run for Ricks. Wilson Contreras there yeah. and if man, they get a they, catcher it's going to be really They're scary. catching they, they get no production from their catcher. Maybe they add a reliever, but there's not much. There, it's actually thing. looking like a better move to let Correa and Springer. Oh, walk it, it, it was point. like because it, it opened up Jeremy Pena, who's and Kyle Tucker, who were both really good players. I mean, they they produced them like nothing over there. They're it's very and, easy yeah. So yeah, there's some some fishy going on down in Houston because I'm not ah, I'm not sold on some teams. Some fishy, teams can fishy, develop. Fishy, yeah. all, all I'm saying is that. Pitchers go down there and they're thrown with a different spin rate than I've ever seen. Before. Oh, here we go about Verlander. <laughs> Justin Verlander gets uh, gets Tommy John and comes back as if nothing ever happened. Like didn't even skip a beat. That's ridiculous to me. And by the way, he did cash out. In case any of the viewers are listening out there, he did cash us out on that pick last night for the Astros. Very nice. So Very we will nice. thank JB for his services there. 
But <laughs> fuck him regardless, because that guy just <laughs> he gets on my nerves. So, all right, go <laughs> to the rest. The of, yeah, the rest of the league, National League. I mean, this is your guys' bread and butter. Talk to me on why the Mets are more of a contender than the Dodgers, and convince me why in a series you guys could take that one home. Well, I was. Want me to start, Andy? You don't yeah, matter. you can start this one. Well, I'm not convinced yet, honestly, with with the Mets over the Dodgers. If there's one team that I will say that I'm scared of in the NL, there's two teams and I'm three teams that I'm scared of: the Yankees, the Astros, and the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a very, very good team. They are loaded. They have everything that you could possibly need, but. I do think the Mets are a better overall team. I think the Dodgers have more star power with Mookie Betts, Freddie Freeman, yada, yada, yada. They have, they have a lot of star power, but I think the Mets have an overall team as far as hitting home runs. And I'm not talking about hitting as in, like, smacking the ball around. I'm talking about getting on base, stealing, mm-hmm. uh, doing the dirty work. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, we get hard-earned runs over here at, at the Mets. We get hard-earned runs. Not only do we hit them around, we can hit home runs with Alonzo, with, you know I mean, with everybody else. But we got guys like Lindor, like McNeil, like Nimmo, Escobar, uh, Marte, all guys that could get on base at any given moment. Kana, they all can get on base. Um, and we have the best reliever in baseball. Um, with with Edwin Clay Diaz. Holmes is a, oh, is a Yankee. Yeah, I thought. No, absolutely. Did you did you see that. Edwin Diaz the other night, Matt? Did you see that, that, that he? Went. I'm gonna tell you something Matt. about Edwin Diaz. He threw three pitches over 100 miles per hour. Right, none of them were fastballs. He threw 13 pitches the other night. Struck out all three hitters. Do like two balls in thirteen pitch. Like he's no, when he's when he's he on, he's dominant. When he's there's on, not he's very with, dominant. With Eddie Diaz. Like when he's off, he's off. Don't get me wrong, but when he's on, he's the best reliever in baseball. And like I said, the Mets, we haven't even unlocked the true potential of the Mets yet. We've only seen Mets Junior. And we're twenty one at games above five hundred. We're we're seeing Mets Junior right now. We haven't Scherzer's been out since since May. Yeah, he 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 threw a gem. Uh, oh, did, two yeah. days ago, even though we didn't support any runs, you know, t- uh, typical Yankees fans. Ha ha! When when the Mets get their pitchers back, they ain't gonna be able to hit for them. Huh? And then we go and score ten runs two games in a row after. So, in Degrom, he just started his first uh, minor league start. I want to say, yeah, uh, two days ago. I want to yeah. say, yep. first first yeah. four pitches over a hundred miles an hour, like. Yeah. He can't. He can't lay off, even if he wants to lay off, bro. Like yeah. he can't. He can't take. Uh, you know. So let's see what happens when Degrom and Scherzer, everybody's healthy. Yeah. Um, it's gonna yeah. look. It's gonna get scary for the Mets too. So yeah. I think the Mets are the best team in the NL still, in my opinion. I still think we're we're World Series favorites as far as the NL is concerned. But my concern is the Dodgers as far as like real true contenders. Yeah, to piggyback on that, I've been saying it for weeks. This isn't the team the Mets will be going down the stretch run with. They're the one team that has the money and the assets to just go out and do a lot. And I think they will, and from the trade deadline, come away with a bat. 
I like I've been saying, probably three relievers. They need a lefty in the bullpen. They can't just have Joel Rodriguez, but because they've got to come away with something. Yeah, he no, he's okay. He's not not not. He's bad, ass, but. He is but ass. I got, that guy got rid of Castro for him, and that pisses me off. Well, yeah, I think I look at it, and I'm like, why did they get rid of Castro? Because Castro's pretty solid. But, I mean, but, yeah, this isn't the team we're going to go down the run with. I need to see Jake pitch in the majors healthy first, and then I'll talk about him. I love what I'm seeing, but, like, we've seen this story before. He needs to come back, be healthy, and, and stay on the field. So, after that. But other than that, like, yeah, I think we're the favorite coming down the stretch run. I'm a little nervous about the Braves because the, the Braves are getting guys back. I was going to ask that because so, the Braves, they're 7-3 and three the in their last 10 and they're only three and a half games out right now. We had talked about it, I think, what was it, two or three weeks ago, Andy, where we literally mentioned the stretch of this week mm-hmm. saying how you could see the Braves catching up a little bit, inching their way up, yeah. and here we are. That lead had gone from, I think it was like 10 and a half that you guys had had. And now it's looking at three and a half. So the Braves are trying. They, it's it's known that they're trying. And on top of that, the Phillies are also making somewhat of an attempt. Oh, they, no. They're not they're not doing anything, but they're trying to make some type of noise, being that they're getting guys healthier. So I think the Braves are the only ones that could really give you guys any type of run. But I, what do you think you could do to hold the Braves back? Uh, ooh, they play them next week. Uh <clears throat> I want to see how we I want to see how we how we go up against them. Yeah. I think twenty percent twenty percent of the Mets remaining games, I believe, are against the Braves. They've only played them once, I think. So I think I think they play them fifteen more times. So it's not like we're gonna see. We're gonna see for sure. And we're gonna make sure that's why we've been holding our guys, I feel like, because we knew that we're gonna have to play the Braves a lot in the second half and we didn't want to burn DeGrom out or Scherzer or any of our guys in general, because we're going to have a very tough, brave team to go against yeah. in the second half. Other than that, our our schedule's sweet as fuck. Yeah, and that, in September, race. it's in September, it's, it's, sweet. it's ridiculous. And we got the we got the Marlins for another series yeah. after this. It's it's we're, we're, we'll we'll be fine. Uh, but I definitely like the Braves as well. Uh, the Brewers look decent. The Padres look actually really good that's oh, the yeah. other team besides the braves and the dodgers that i'm kind of worried about is the padres they definitely got a solid squad they're 12 games over 500 right now going with into no the, tatis with notes they're still with waiting no on tatis, tatis yeah. so that's the scary yeah. thing about it that's I why i just don't I know like, if he could yeah. like i need to see him on the field too yeah, you know like i'm giving him the same treatment the, that yeah. your should get if you're gonna throw that out there because the, tatis has been nothing short of injury prone well, like the guy cannot stay healthy to save his life and I know it, they talk about be, him being safe and everything, but when he can, you know, play ultimate frisbee with his homies pregame, but he can't hop on mm. the field and take some swings, like I'm gonna be, you know, mm. tossing up an eyebrow at him. I don't know. Yeah. To mm-hmm. be fair, I don't think Tatis is injury prone. All his injuries have come off of dumb shit he did off the field. Did Aaron I mean, Judge he... not get the same treatment when he his oh, wrist got oh, shattered yeah. by the fastball though? Yeah, 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 yeah. But but he didn't fall off a motorcycle. That's what Fernando Tatis did. All right. I well, mean, he, like, better there's no luck, motorcycle. I, like, I don't know. A, like, well, that's on him. Yeah, he was an idiot for doing it. But, like, I'm not going to call him injury prone because he fell off a motorcycle. He shouldn't have been doing it. I'm just going to call him dumb. He's dumb for that. But he's not injured. Yeah. This, isn't, this isn't his first injury, though. What? Well, yeah. We've seen him. He had hamstring problems last season, then onto the ankle before the postseason. So I just need to see him actually do something postseason. on a baseball field. 
Well, I mean, yeah, the the Padres are, <laughs> yeah, I know. But before the postseason had come around, they were trying to make a push. Yeah. They bought in crazily at the trade deadline in hopes that they could make some type of push. They bought in all throughout this offseason because they wanted to make a push, being that they had Tatis, they thought, fully healthy now. And here we are. They're doing their thing, 12 games above 500, like Simo said, but no Tatis to be found. So yeah. until, until then, I don't see them being a legitimate contender. If they're, they're going to get him back and they're going to call that their trade deadline acquisition. And that's some fucking Yankees type that, shit. No, I that's the Mets thing. That. that was the Brody Van Wagenen quote, man. Every year the Mets would schedule guys to come back right around the trade deadline. They'd be like, yeah, but it's it's kind of like we're making a trade for this guy. And I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's That's not what that means. That's what they're going to say about their Grom. I guarantee it. No, it's not like getting a trade. Nobody, no, like, you didn't acquire I, this guy. And, and I want to talk about the Phillies too. You said they were trying. Well, I mean. Bryce Harper is fucking out for yeah. what six to eight weeks. Yeah, that that hurts. happened what a couple of days ago. That's gonna kill the Phillies. I feel like yeah. in in my opinion, that's gonna absolutely murder them. That's gonna it, it should it's gonna and put to them be, back under five hundred. Yeah. They're not gonna they're not gonna go buy in either. They're still with an interim manager. They're they're gonna wait till the off season to really buy in. They might make small trades, but their bullpen is so bad. Like they're they're they've been a little bad. hot lately. You look, they're six and four in the last time, but. Familia's been terrible. The, Brad Hand's been decent, but he we're waiting on him to explode. I mean, yeah, the Phillies really aren't a worry for anybody. Although, if they sneak into a playoff spot, good for them because they're really after San Diego. I, doubt I don't it. think the Giants are really sticking that way. I don't think the Cardinals are for for real yet. But yeah, it's it's the three wild card spots really made it so different because you're going to get a team in the playoffs that never should be in the playoffs. And that's probably who Philly could be. So. Yeah. And even the Giants, you had mentioned the fall from grace. Oh, I mean, we got to talk about that. A team yeah. that just won 100 games last season, sitting at 41 and 40 right now, two and eight in their last 10. And it's it's getting stinky out here. The, the Giants are staking <laughs> up the field. It was kind of suspicious last year when they had won 100 games because they've been coming back with the same core of Brandon Bell, you know, uh, Crawford. They tried Longoria out there. Like, it's been the same guys. Buster Posey now retired. Um, it's been the same guys there for a, a long time. So to see them yeah. randomly win 100 games was kind of suspect. They've fallen back to earth now, and it's really not surprising to see the Dodgers at the top. And then you got the Padres who obviously we knew they were going to be a good squad. Do the giants have the chance to be that team that kind of hops in and they're somewhat, I mean, I'm going to even call them a play in team in NBA terms, because that's what it feels like for the, that last wild card spot. Like a, just a play in team. The giants, do they have what it takes to make the wild card? Oh yeah. Well, look, they've had, they had two different seasons to this point. They started off like they were going to play like they did last year, but they were never going to replicate 107 games. It's just impossible. They don't have the talent to do that. They lost their leader. They're getting no production from their catchers. I think Joey Bart was hitting 150. Uh, Evan Longoria just got hurt. Um, Brandon Crawford, who hit, I think, almost 300 last year, is hitting 227. Mike Yastrzemski started the season hitting 215, got it up to 315. Now he's back to 228. And Wilmer Flores isn't really hitting for much power. They Pretty much everything that went right last year is going pretty wrong this year. So there's really nothing consistent about them from last year. So at this point, they're just waiting to see if those guys turn it up. Otherwise, I don't even think they buy at the deadline. But at any point, veterans can turn it up and have a good week or two. So it's possible that they have a hot streak now that makes them buy in. 
But they're, they're really more of an analytical team, so they're hoping that those guys figure it out in the long run. But we'll see. That's what I think with the Giants. They could maybe figure it out and go on a hot stretch for the second half and find their way into the play playoffs to play in, like like Matt said. But, yeah. Other than, you know, the Mets, Braves, Dodgers, Padres, maybe Brewers, that's 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 it. That's what it's that's what's good for the NL, in my opinion. The Mets, Dodgers, NLCS would be that would be insane. That would be electric. Would be electric. Two Mets, cities, Dodgers, Yankees, Astros, CSs. See, if the Angels amazing. were good, that would have been really cool to have the two New York and LA teams. It's all your fault. Mm. Like, yeah, it's, it's literally Mike Trout's fault. Yeah, it's like, all his fault. <laughs> just him specifically. <laughs> Unfortunate. Well, I mean, I think that's going to do it for our, our analytical side of the baseball. Now mm-hmm. it's time to get over into the money-making because this is where our favorite part comes in. So talking about bets, we're big run line guys over here, but I know we kind of have an array of picks today. You guys want to hit me with your first big bang of uh, tonight's slate? Yeah, you want me to go, Andy? Yeah, you got Come this. On. It's your pick. I'll do the pick. Yeah, I'll do the pick that uh, me and you both both love. So my favorite pick tonight. Um, me and Andy love this pick. I'm going two units on this pick, and I usually don't ever go two units on anything, but I feel like this is definitely a slapper, and it's gonna hit no matter what. Um. Zach Wheeler over five and a half K's versus the St. Louis Cardinals. It is minus one sixteen on FanDuel, and I'm going two units on it. Um, Zach Wheeler has been absolutely dealing his last twelve starts. He has hit this line ten out of the last twelve games out of ten of the of the last twelve starts, and he's been crushing the line. It's not like he's been getting six strikeouts and just barely passing it seven 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 nine ten seven nine eight 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 you know what i'm saying he's, he's killing this water. he's smoking this five and a half uh strikeout line and with st louis they are you know they're they're pretty they're kind of hard to strike out but at the same time like but they the got a veteran dealing, squad that kind of yeah. you know they rely on more of those big bombs they're they're one of those mm-hmm. types of squads that they need that home run they rely on goldschmidt they rely on molina to kind of come through with their big hits they're even somewhat relying on albert pujols in the shell of his older self to give them some big power so i definitely like zach wheeler tonight we talked about i think we praised him yesterday actually giving him a big round of applause for actually being one of the guys that was to leave the mets and actually still see success so i like yeah that a yeah ton. Go look at the Cleveland Guardians right now. You'll find three of them. I wasn't gonna throw any uh, any Guardians uh, praise <laughs> out there. They're not they're not getting that from me. But and still, I don't. I think Ahmed Rosario is solid, but I can't see him still being a major league shortstop at an All Star level the same way that they thought he could have been when he was a Mets prospect. So their second baseman should be. That was one thing that pissed me off about the All Star game voting because it, it limited who you could vote for. And you can't vote for Andres Jimenez because he's just not popular enough. Like, that got to me. Am I, I'm sorry. I'm just, I have the Red Sox money line tonight. And I'm looking for their pitcher tonight. And he's just, like, not on the roster. 
So they have not my man, called them. My man Seabold. You're yeah. going up against Nestor. You're well, betting against Nestor. Cortez. Well, yes. That's what I was planning on, but I don't even see the pitch. Like, he's an opener. He's probably going to pitch like one or two innings. So I'm not worried about the, the Red Sox starting pitcher. But I just don't even see him on the roster. I've looked like three or four times up and down. But, yeah, I have the Red Sox money line tonight. With all that being said, yeah. you're taking Red Sox money. Oh, my god! Yeah, I do because I, an opener is only a pitch two innings. They have a pretty decent bullpen that they – obviously, they're willing to use the opener, so they're they're trusting in their pitchers. Um in terms of their offense is on fire right now. I mean, you saw Devers last night. Pretty much unpitchable. You can't really pitch to him at this point. So, yeah, I'm, I'm like, I like them tonight because they need to come off a loss against the Yankees for the win. So, they get a lot of runs for wow. the uh, Red Sox. And also, I, don't don't talk to me about Nestor. Nestor's been on a downslide the past month, and you know he, it. He has. He that. hasn't been the same. But that doesn't mean that I don't think in a position against an opener – that we're going to drop the ball like this. Aaron Judge had a nice day off yesterday. So my pick for this game was actually Aaron Judge to record an RBI and a New York Yankees money line because these guys are just throwing out a bunch of fucking plumbers. Like, they're throwing openers out here. The Yankees should just tee off on the Red Sox bullpen. We've been fucking their shit up all season. All season, bro. They're not going to be able to hold us with an opener tonight. I'm telling you that. So for plus 183... I mean, come on. My Yankees pick right there. Judge RBI and Yankees money line. Come on. So I also have an Aaron Judge prop, which is hilarious. Um, I have Aaron Judge over one and a half bases. Um, I love it. I literally love that. That's minus 115 on FanDuel. Um, games against Boston. He's two out of three for a season on this line against Boston. And I think this is going to be a super intense game tonight. Um, This is a must win game for Boston, which is crazy. It's not even all-star break in. I feel like this is a must win for Boston. Uh, Like there's going to be, so there's going to be damn near playoff intensity baseball going on tonight. And Aaron judge is going to have to step up because of that. So I, I definitely like Aaron judge over one and a half bases. Yeah. I just, I can't believe Andy is telling me a guy with an eight three ERA is going to get him a win tonight. Like you gotta, he's okay. probably going to pitch two innings. He is because he's going to get fucking shelled. He's not going to see past <laughs> one and a third. He should at least. I just think nah. I I could see how he's going to get shelled by Aaron Sox. Judge in the first first fucking inning. And the that's Red Sox bats are going to hit. <laughs> I hope both of your bets hit, but then I hope the Red Sox hit. So. Well, there I mean, I, I appreciate the support, but I just can't. We both can win. Especially, so. yeah. Uh, well, he can't. I mean, no, I, no, no, no. He can't. I have Yankees money, the Yankees money line. The yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, shit. I hope that fails. Sorry. For plus 183, <laughs> though, for a Judge RBI and Yankees money line, the value of that sounds really good to me. because Oh, uh, I mean, so the guys it's a player performance. Uh, it isn't, but it's just a, two, it's a two-legger. So two-legger. They, I, they okay. didn't have a player performance for that, but I found a little two-legger for plus 183. Judge That's RBI good. and a Yankee win, you know, I'm I'm liking it. So, Andy, what's your other picks? Because I I need to hear something else. To <laughs> well, my main it. my main one was uh, the Mets one and a half. That one just feels pretty good to me. <clears throat> okay. Coming off last coming off last night, the offense looks like they're rolling now. Bassett's back from COVID. Uh, I think this could be a pretty good, uh, pretty easy one tonight. Even against a good pitcher, they've been they hit a good pitcher last night, and uh, I think they can uh, this weekend. I think could be really good. 
I don't know if they're going to win every game. Knowing me, they'll probably win the first three and lose Sunday because I'm going to be there. But this weekend's mm-hmm. a really big weekend for the Mets. So, um, Marlins, was, right? Yeah, and they're um, they're retiring Keith Hernandez's number tomorrow. So that's going to be an emotional uh, day. Yes. This, this whole weekend, I think the Mets are going to come to play it hot. So I think I think so too. It's going to be a good weekend. And my other one was Seattle. Oh yeah, well, minus one and a half. I mean, yeah, we talk about I, yesterday. That was free bankroll. All of those run lines hit yesterday, by the way, every single one. So the ones that we said were free bankroll to just roll into the other picks. If you were following that, I mean, you probably made out pretty good last night because we didn't miss. And it was the way it should be. The good teams beating up on the bad teams. Sometimes you see those nights where they kind of drop the ball. I think it was the first episode of Moneyline Madness this week. We had picked Dodgers when they went up against the Reds and they lost, which just doesn't make sense for a team like that. So it's good to see last night getting back on track with a full sweep of the the run lines. And you had said you were throwing in Seattle in there as well. 10-10 tonight, George Kirby against Toronto. Kirby's been a good young pitcher. I think he could settle in tonight. They're they're really hot right now. I think they're 8-2 in their last 10. They look like they're chasing a wild card spot. Doesn't mean they're going to get it, but yeah, they look like a good team right now. So I got Seattle just money line tonight at minus 104. So nice, nice. Simo, what you got for me? All right, I got uh I already did my first two props. I got three more props for you guys. Um Sheesh. Yeah, yeah, I did a little bit of research this morning. All right. Yeah. So uh my first one I would like to say is Zach Gallen under five and a half strikeouts versus the Rockies. Um, Zach Gallen out of his 15 starts has only hit this line five times. So he only has a 33% hit rate. So I'm always going to take the under on the analytics side. Um, Colorado is super tough to strike out. Um, they're a top 10 team in non strikeouts. I would say like in K percentage, they're ranked 21st, which means that they're top 10 in not getting struck out mm-hmm. 23rd in the last 30 days. So, um, yeah, I definitely like Zach Gallen, and it's a lot definitely value on FanDuel at minus one thirty-two, or else you're going to catch it at minus one sixty-four. Another in any other book, so that's where the positive EV always comes into play. I don't know if you guys that listen on the Money Line Madness uh, are familiar with positive EV bets, but that's the only thing that I do. Pretty much, I find plays that are on a bargain at a certain book. So, for example, um, the Zach Wheeler bet, correct? It's minus 145 damn near on every other book, but I found it for minus 116 on FanDuel. So that's a positive expected value bet. There you go. Always getting, you get you a know, bargain. Trying, to, trying to get Always the most get the bag for your bet. buck. You got Always to. get the bargain bet, right? Absolutely. All right, not. so other than that, I got Christian Yelich under one and a half uh, bases at minus 143 on Barstool. Some good juice on that, but poor the, guy you know, has been bad. He is been yeah. bad. Like it's he's really been, rough. He he was an MVP not too long ago, and yeah. all of a sudden now he's looking like he could be DFA worthy the past month. Like it's really been <laughs> yeah. been that bad. It's so. been it's been a rough stretch for for Yelich and against Pittsburgh. He is three for ten on this line against Pittsburgh. So. You know, I'm going to take the analytics. I'm always going to take the positive VV. I'm pretty sure the positive expected value on this bet was like in the minus 180s. And uh, I got it at minus 143. Then I got Sonny Gray under four and a half hits allowed. Minus 102 on FanDuel. 
Um, anywhere else, you'll get that at minus 133. He's only hit this line three out of out of his 11 starts. He's only gave up uh, more than six hits. More more than five hits oh, in five. three wow. games. Nice. In three games. So what he's the hell is good with bit. this guy? Like Sonny, Sonny Gray. Gray you know, he's been rocking. You know, got out of New York. Yeah, he got out of that little league park. That's what happens yeah. when the you're a pitcher. Like he has to turn the pitch off in real a, quick in a in a uh, in a college baseball park. You know what I'm saying? So hey. you get to pitch to the fucking Texas Rangers in their double A roster. High school kids with aluminum bats can get home runs at yeah. Yankee Stadium. So I mean, well, instead he's actually playing high school kids on the roster. Mm. Yeah, that's so true. He gets to make up for that with the competition that they face. Um, I got a couple that I am just, I was all over this one. I know you guys were coming with that. Zach Wheeler is your hammer. Um, today, mine is coming. Charlie Morton over six and a half strikeouts. I am mm. in love with this one because not only has he absolutely crushed it five out of his last six, where he had eight plus strikeouts, he had eight, 10, 10, and 11. So he's been fucking dealing. But this also sits at plus 120 on FanDuel. So for hitting five out of his last six on these Ks, I mean, it just seems really free. They're going up against the Nationals, who are the the fifth highest striking out team in the league. And it's all set up right there for you. Charlie Morton's been the ace of this team. The Braves are pretty hot when it comes to beating up on the bad teams in the National League. And the Nationals stink. So for plus 120, Charlie Morton over six and a half strikeouts. He's hit it. Like I said, 80% of the time in his last five games, you just, you got to love it. I mean, plus 120, I'm all over this throwing a whole unit on that because we could roll that over into our 10 o'clock picks for Andy Seattle game. You know, we could throw that on there. There's just so many options that this could open up for us. If this one does come through being that it's such high value. I like it. Charlie's back. Charlie we is talked back. about it before we talked. About I, it. I, love uh, it. I saw him starting tonight and I was like, all right, let me look up his strikeouts. And I was like, holy shit, this guy has been dealing because when he when he hopped from the Astros, he you know, he made his splash on the Astros coming back from his injuries and whatnot. Then he went over to Tampa and he was finding it to be a number two starter for them. Now, all of a sudden he heads to Atlanta and he's looking like the ace of that team yeah, he, right now. he was he was now now they were able to find somebody to replace him so now he's pitching well again he's not the ace anymore so good for I mean, him yeah but he, I, the him. guy's sitting out here with a two era and sitting at eight and two so i'm gonna yeah. give him all the credit that he deserves right now and especially if he's gonna be coming out throwing 10 strikeouts a game like holy so i'm riding with charlie morton tonight and then i am gonna be picking his former team this is a little bit of a free bankroll situation for me Tampa Bay Rays going up against the Cincinnati Reds. Pretty easy one. Minus 174. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. (laughs) Minus 174 on the money line. Good teams beat up on the bad ones. The Cincinnati Reds are tanking if I've ever seen it. So that should be relatively easy. That's at 641. So you take that, roll that over into the next game. It's just as easy as it gets for that one. Throwing a hole on that one as well. Nice parlay stuffer. That is, that is a really good parlay stuff. Right? Minus 174, like, you just, you can't beat that. Like, that should be an easy minus 200, 250 plus. So, mm-hmm. I like that a ton. That's your all-star starter, Shane McClanahan. Shane McClanahan, dude. I love that kid. He's, we, yeah, he's we did now. that yesterday too, Mo. He had McClanahan, I had Verlander. He was very upset that I had Verlander. I he, 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 Verlander. Not that he was upset, he just hates Verlander so much. I just so can't much. stand him. He's just, he's just 
oh, he's so smug to me, and I just I can't deal with him. <laughs> he's just such a piece of shit. Well, my last pick of the day. I'm coming in the last bankroll situation. The same team that won us it last night, L.A. Dodgers, minus one and a half at minus 105 against the Cubs tonight. They got Tyler Anderson on the mound, who we talked about is just the luckiest guy it's, in the world. It's nine and one. That's... Nine and one, bro. They don't lose when this guy is on the mound. They don't. It just don't doesn't lose when anybody's happen. on the mound. <laughs> yeah, that too. But against the Cincinnati Reds, I'm expecting even better of a scenario tonight. I mean, he's sitting with a 3-1 ERA, which isn't anything too spectacular, but the record says it all. He's 9-1. and one. They find a way to win when he's on the mound, and right now it's sitting at a 78% chance of uh, them winning, according to ESPN's analytics department. So it's pretty much a lock for me if I've ever heard it. That's kind of surprising for the Cubs, too. Keegan, Keegan Thompson's 7-3. Seven 7-3 and three. Seven uh, and three with a 3 4 one Thompson's having himself good. a season potential trade candidate if another team is looking for a starting yeah. pitcher the cubs are definitely going to be selling so oh yeah and they're they're going to be looking to get rid of anybody if anybody wants marcus stroman he's probably going to be up for sale well, for a couple ketchup packets and a bag of chips well, so i'm gonna be honest i don't think i've heard the name marcus stroman in like three months on this podcast that's pretty surprising we haven't well, talked about him since like the first well he hasn't done anything we haven't talked about him since the first week he hasn't actually no, that goes the mlb right now is he still hurt? Saw, bro. He so he got hurt. He came yeah. back last week to make his first, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. minor league appearance, and he gave up eight runs in two innings. Yeah, it was not. It was not pretty out there. I, I'm still trying to figure out where the Mets offseason, where the bad, the players that left, all of them are so bad now. Like Javi Baez, bad. Luke, Javi bad. Syndergaard, bad. Like where, is what happens when you have a competent yeah. front office and you have a competent GM and a competent owner. You see things for what they are. And they did a lot of addition by subtraction this offseason. Even though we've gained a lot of great assets for the Mets, losing Javi Baez, Stroman, and Syndergaard was probably the best thing we could have did as the Mets. We would still be that same-ass Mets team with those three players, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. Talk about a clubhouse just completely changing, getting rid of Marcus Stroman and then putting in Max Scherzer. That's, couldn't imagine that. That's Bassett yeah. and, and Scherzer oh, yeah. and getting rid of Stroman and Syndergaard. Thank you. Come again. Oh, and, and Starling Marte, who, uh, by the way, if he's not Escobar, an all-star. Marte, Escobar, Canna, all, all of our additions have been absolutely balling. They've all been great. If Starling Marte is not an all-star, I will come on here and be very angry. Nah, he, he definitely fair. should be. New York He's not a starter right now. I don't know if you saw the updated. I know that comes out today. He was not one of the two starters. It was Jock Peterson and Mookie Betts, which pissed me off. If if Jock Peterson, who has 17 home runs, which is great, gets in over Starling Marte, who's been maybe the Mets' most consistent hitter all year, other than Jeff McNeil, I'll be very upset. Yeah, I can't. I can't blame you for that one. Honestly, every Mets starter deserves to be an all-star at this Except point. Except James I mean, McCann. James McCann. Great home run McCann. last night, but but I will, you know, oh, I'll, take sure, but I'll take the Wilson rest Contreras. of them can at least be a reserve in the all-star game because that's oh, yeah. how good we've been playing. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that's going to wrap it up for today's episode. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This has been Moneyline Madness, episode 49. Sir.
we're about to be at 50. Ow. About to drop a 50. Uh, I'm coming. I'm coming for the 50th episode too. Whenever Hell we, yeah. we got to, we got to do something big. I, I know. We're yeah, gonna we got to figure something. Some, we got to go live for the 50th one. That's what <laughs> yeah. That's Who the hell wears 50? <laughs> that is a good question. We'll, we'll, find we'll have to find out. About it. I know there's no a basketball way. player that wears 50. Yeah. Sure. St- stay tuned, Moneyline Madness stay listeners, tuned. for whoever is number 50. Well, Sorry. thank you, everybody, for listening. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at ML Madness Pod. Don't forget to drop a follow at Mo Sports Network as well. And we will be back with another episode next week. Thank you, everyone, and have a good weekend. Peace. Let's go, Mets. Peace.